Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside Nathan, producer Nathan, if you will. Yeah, what's up? How's it going? It's good. So uh, we're going to have to do, like, we may venture into the waters of video. Yes, we may. With the podcast. Now, this episode's not. But now that you have created the podcast room at your house, I feel like... I mean, there's like nice stuff on the walls. Yeah, there's uh, I've got my posters here of some two national parks I've been to, two other parks I want to go to. So, you know, there we go. And uh, shelves are forthcoming. Okay. Along with uh, some different chairs. So I like it. Well, it is a good spot for us to do this. Uh, Hey, thanks for listening to the show today. If you would leave a rating and review, we would appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast. It helps us know what you think so that we can keep getting better. Uh, We love to hear feedback from you. With all that out of the way, uh, we get to spend time with one of our favorite people today. That's right. Uh, this Ryan's been on the podcast before, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you, if you've been around Lifeway student stuff, then you've come into contact with Ryan. So Ryan serves as the executive director of Family Ministries for Christ Fellowship Church and oversees the family ministries for all the campuses uh, there and. I'm so excited to say this as a part of introducing Whoa. you. Drum roll. Author. <laughs> That's right. Upcoming wow. author. Ryan, uh, man, it's awesome to have you on the podcast again. Thanks for making time. Oh, my gosh. What an honor. I love to be back. You guys are amazing. So, uh, how does that feel to be like now? So, Quick spoiler, uh, Ryan has a book that's going to be coming out uh, January 3rd is the release yep. date. So yep. when uh, by the time you hear this podcast, it'll be about a month away. Pre-orders are available now. Uh, it's called Unbound. So how does it feel to like, I'm an author. You've written things before, but like published, you're out there. <laughs> yeah, it feels so weird. <laughs> um, yeah, never really something I thought I would do, but I'm feeling all kinds of excitement and insecurity and everything. So it yeah. feels real weird. What do you think if I, uh, on the insecurity side of that, like, what yeah. is it about? Cause I mean, when you write something and those of you that have, that have, uh, written, um, you don't, have, it doesn't have to be a published thing. Like when you write in your journal, it's much the same. Like you pour your heart into what you're yeah. writing. And I know you've done that yeah. through this book. So where do you think like the, the insecurity is it, yeah. man, I really want it to be helpful. And there's yeah. wonder there. Where is it? Um, I think it's in a couple of ways. I, I do. I think you, you know, uh, for me, this has been like a labor of love. It's been like a something the Lord's been building in me for like six or seven years, this mm-hmm. particular like message. And, and yeah, I think when you finally like kind of unleash that on the world, you're like, okay, was I the only one who thought this was <laughs> right or good or helpful? Uh, so there's definitely that side of it. And then too, I think like, you know, as a communicator, uh, like when you preach or you teach, it's like, there's a certain amount that of that you can go like, Oh yeah, I just misspoke. <laughs> you know, like that's not what I meant. Yeah. But when it's in writing, it's like every word has been like scrutinized and edited. And so if it gets out there and like, it's, you know, I don't know, it just feels like a different level of responsibility that like these words are forever. <laughs> yeah. Like the whoops moment is a little, <laughs> it is a little bit more significant when it's in a, when it's in a book like that, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, man, I, I am excited to read the whole book. I have not read the whole thing yet. I've read bits and pieces and 
broad scope from when you guys had the authors meeting and all of that. Uh, and I would love for you to give, um, it's a really interest, interesting take on the Lazarus story. Yeah. And it's, a, I think, I think a really significant view of, of that passage in scripture and the interactions that take place. And, mm-hmm. and so I would love for you just to give a, a quick, Hey, this, this was the thing that got me to write yeah. about this particular story in this way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, as a, as a student pastor, you know, I, I, I kind of find myself asking the question sometimes, like if I only had one message to preach to kids, like what would it be, you know? Yeah. And, and it's really this, you know, this, this topic that's covered in the, in the Bible study. So we created like a six week Bible study, uh, in effect with all of this material. But, um, man, I, I think this is just an incredibly important message for people in general, but specifically kind of in light of the students that we minister to every week. And so that's really like the why, but the, as you said, it's like, based on the, you know, the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead, John chapter 11, and like all, probably every single person in, person listening to the podcast has preached that text and knows that text, you know, like we, we've heard it and, and, and used it a million times. But a couple of years ago, I was reading in that text and I, I felt like the Lord kind of showed me something different. And it, it was the idea that, man, our, our treatment of that text normally ends with like, and Lazarus came out of the grave, you know, like yeah, we, yeah. we sing about it. We do all kinds of <laughs> things. And that's like, and you need to get saved, which is all all true. Um, but really, the, the last verse in that section of scripture is like, and the dead man came out, his hands and feet were wrapped in strips of linen. There was a cloth around his face. Um, Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Mm. Uh, and I was really struck by the idea that that Lazarus in that moment is alive, but he he still looks and smells dead. Like he he's he's alive, but he's still bound by the old life. And so just really started to ask myself the question, like, could, could it be <laughs> that that's kind of a parallel for where most people live their Christian life? You know, like you're alive, you're good, you're getting into heaven, you know, like you've been resurrected, um, called out of the grave, but, but how many of us still live bound in our grave clothes? Mm. And I just love that, that Jesus is not content to let Lazarus try to live his new life in his old clothes. And so what would it look like for you and I to really kind of remove the grave clothes from our life and walk in fullness and freedom? Uh, Cause I think that Jesus died for more than just resurrect, you know, to give us new life. I, I think he wants us to, to actually be able to live in fullness and freedom. So it's kind of a freedom study uh, for students is what yeah. we've done. It's called unbound. It's available January 3rd. Um, you can, search and find it lifeway.com and other places. So make sure you check that out. So you said that this is a message that's been kind of sitting with you for six or seven years and that it's been some, so you obviously preached it with, with teenagers. I did. Yeah. What was it that made it like, cause there are a lot of messages. I think we, we preached to a group, man, that resonated, that stuck with them. What was it about this one? that yeah. lasted six, seven years of, of, yeah. of just pouring over in your mind and to the place where it's like, this is the message that if right. I could preach one, this is what it would be. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things was just having students come back to me, you know, and, 
And I, I think we've kind of all resigned ourselves as youth pastors to the fact that like, you're going to preach something and they're probably not going to remember, <laughs> you know, like just part of the gig, but um, you know, students coming back and even years later and kind of going, do you remember like asking me if I remembered that particular message um, and, and just seeing the, the power that it had in the lives of kids, even over time and, and just seeing how the Lord used it in that way. That was one big thing, um, you know, and then just like, man, praying with kids at the altar every week who are like, love the Lord, but are like constantly praying the same prayers and confessing the same things and going back to, you know, this old way of life and just kind of recognizing this, this pattern of like, you know, when that kid came to the altar, I'm, I'm going like, I know you're saved. I know you're alive in Christ, but there's a very real struggle happening in your life. Why is that? Let, let's, let's figure out how we address that. Not that we're ever going to achieve perfection or anything, but literally these students, people that I'm talking to are like, man, wrapped up in the old life. And there, there actually is a way, um, that we can begin to remove those things from, from our lives and, and walk more in the fullness and freedom that we've been, we've been raised for. So those are a couple of things. And I think sometimes you preach a message and you know, it's like one and done, (laughs) you know, it's like, yeah, that was fine. Like what you're saying, you know, um, but then too, like when, you know, maybe I would get an invitation from a friend or had a, a chance to speak, like at our church where, um, there wasn't, it wasn't really scripted or there wasn't really a specific, you know, assignment or passage. I'm going like, man, I I think this is what the Lord is calling me to share. So I think we all have some of those messages that build up in us over time, but those were some of the indicators for me. And then honestly, Ben talking to people like you and going like, am I crazy? Or is there, is there actually something in this? that might be helpful, not just for my kids, you know, but might be helpful in a broader context. Man, Nathan, (laughs) this is one of those passages. Like it's right there. Mm -hmm. Like it, that moment of the take off the grave clothes, like it's, it's clearly right there. And it's one of those things. And this, this happens uh, to people it's like I yep. I just I was so grabbed by the previous parts. Right. The Lazarus yep. come forth crescendo moment. Yep. yep. That it your take on this and focusing in on those last pieces was is a way to approach this passage that I had not encountered before. Uh and so it was I, I think there are gonna be a lot of people, a lot of teenagers who are 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 blessed and challenged by the insight that God allowed you allowed you to have in that. I've, I've not heard it treated this way before. Yeah, I haven't either. I really liked your take on that, Ryan. And I think especially for today, so many students are wanting to know process of sanctification, right? Like how do we continue to walk in the faith? What does that look like over and over? And I think this does a great job of helping them show, show, yeah, there's still sin in the world yeah. and we're still fallen. But yet, as you put, you know, we're, we're, we're saved, um, you know, by grace through faith. And so I think this is going to be really cool. What are some of the ways in which you've seen this help students already, like in your own ministry or as you've preached it at different places? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I think like you guys have just said, just kind of that like realization, like I, there's more to life than just being saved. Like 
and uh, hear my heart, you know, it's just like, that's not the end of the journey, right? Like yeah. that's the start of the journey. And so I think that realization of like, yes, we're all going to struggle, but like, but like when Jesus says in John 10, 10, like the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life. Like he didn't, he didn't put a period there. He wasn't just talking about eternal life, but I've come to give you abundant life or life to the full. You know, the, the realization that the gospel makes a difference right here, right now, and not just like somewhere someday, I think is important, you know, like, uh, and so I think helping students realize that has been something that has been, you know, has been a way of, of seeing them realize that in their lives, this, this text. Um, but then also just kind of hearing testimonies of like, man, I, I, I struggled with this, this thing, you know? So one of the, the way we talk about grave clothes is like, it, it's anything that holds you back from everything that God has for you. Right. So, uh, in, in the same way, like you, you wake up every morning and you put on different clothes, like, the reality of the things that are in my life that hold me back are probably different than the things that are in your life that hold you back. And so I've got to go through this personal process of going, what is that? And how do I actually take it off? And more importantly, like, what, what do I then fill my life with, you know, that's going to allow me to keep it off? Cause it's always going to be more comfortable and convenient to just pick up the old life than to like work out the new one, you know? Um, so just hearing some testimonies from, from, from kids who are like, man, I, I struggled with that for so long and thinking about it in this way or taking these steps or realizing this truth, um, has helped them really experience freedom. You know, uh, that's been one of the ways that I've seen God use it. Man, the idea of abundant life available here. Um, that there is that it's not just reserved for one day mm-hmm. that we do get to experience uh, pieces of heaven on earth and and mm-hmm. and God desires that we have that abundant life. I mean, that's a hard concept for students to wrap their brains around. Sure. It, it, it yeah, feels, me too. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's, man, how do I know if I'm living the abundant life? How do I how do I yeah. access that? Yeah. Uh, what have you seen in interactions with teenagers, students, maybe maybe even like families and parent discussion with parents as they've come to you over the years with, man, my kids are dealing with this. How do you help them kind of unlock that? Oh, that is really possible right now mm. that that yeah. that I don't have the Christian life isn't just about waiting till heaven, but that we can right. actually experience Jesus in a real active way every day. Yeah. I mean, as, as student pastors, there's like a couple of moments that you like long for in the life of a kid. Right. So like the, the moment, like a student reads God, read, reads God's word and goes like, this is alive and active. Mm -hmm. Like this, this speaks to me in what I'm going through right now. You're like, that's it. Like hold, Mm -hmm. hold on to that, chase that feeling, you know, um, the moment like a, a kid realizes like, I can be used of God, you know, like whether that's on a missions trip or inviting someone to, to student ministry and they get saved or like whatever that moment is where they're like, Whoa, wait, like God wants to use me, you know? Um, and I think for me, this is just another one of those like kind of milestone realizations is like there, there, 
to be a Christian does not just mean that you have a relationship with God that will guarantee eternity in heaven. Uh, but as you guys have already said, that there's this process or journey by which we work out our salvation. And so uh, the moment a kid realizes like God wants to, uh, you know, be involved in my life daily and wants to give me full and abundant life. I, I think that that something clicks when we realize that, uh, and that our faith isn't just useful. Like, like you said, it's like a somewhere someday, one day, but, but actually today it, it can inform my decisions. It can shape my relationships. It can give me purpose. It can give me hope and joy. And, you know, like those things, it makes a difference right here, right now. Um, that's one of those moments that at least for me, I'm trying to get every kid to that realization, yeah. you know, and yeah. help them experience that truth. So how does, uh, how do you use Unbound and the interaction with the Lazarus story to kind of handhold right. and lead a teenager to get to that place where, where their yeah. mind might be opened to that moment that you've described right. that, oh man, this is possible. Right. Well, I think, you know, part of what we do in the study is we like kind of look at the whole context of the gospel of John, which like. Uh, John is really clear to say like all these things are written so that you may believe, you know, so it, you got to read the whole text through that, that lens. And, and we see that in the Lazarus story, because, you know, John 11 is really kind of the culmination of, of the book in so many ways. Uh, but in almost every story in the gospel, it's like Jesus makes a claim about who he is. You know, he claims to be God. And then he does something to demonstrate his authority to make that claim. And then people are forced to make a decision, you know, yeah. and, and that pattern is still true. Like the most important words really in the John 11 text are like when he, he says to Mary, like on the resurrection and life, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. That's we've all heard that. We know that that's beautiful. But then he goes, do you believe this? Right. So it's not just these things are true. It's it's do you believe them? And it's like in her confession of who Jesus is that really he has this power, you know, to kind of that he he then demonstrates his his validity that he is the resurrection and the life. And so um, so we kind of walk through that and then use really just use the Lazarus story as a jumping off point. Yeah. Like, Obviously, we're talking about, you know, whatever, 15 words in one verse. It's like you don't want to over. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't want to yeah. see something that's not really there. Um, but, man, when you look at the entirety of the New Testament, and you think about Paul going like the thing that I don't want to do, I'm always doing. And the thing I do want to do, I'm not doing. And you think about like whether it's Colossians or Ephesians, like take off the old life, put on the new one, you know, like yeah. there's so much new Testament language that talks about exactly this, um, you know, of what it looks like to take off the old life and put on the new one. So we actually spent some time walking through like that passage in Colossians chapter three, where, where Paul really describes the old life that comes off and the new life we put on and, and what do these things mean? Um, so that's a part of it. And then just helping students to identify again, personally, like what are the, what are their grave clothes? Yeah. Um, what are, what are the things in their life that hold them back? Is it like, unforgiveness or, or bitterness or pride or lust, or, you know, go, go through the list, but man, going like, if I'm, if I'm willing to actually shine a spotlight on my own heart, what is it that I'm dealing with specifically, uh, so that I can take the steps to, to walk in the fullness and freedom God has for me. 
man, I know this. Uh, I know this is true because anyone who I, I've ever talked to personally about something that they wrote hmm. said that it was almost more of a personal process than it was a I, I've got to get this book yeah. done or whatever right. that I'm, I'm doing this to write a book instead of it being it ending up being a spirit personal spiritual journey yeah and so for something that you had spent so much time with and had been in yeah. your brain for a long time what still happened for you mm. as you wrote yeah. this that was like man god thank you for yeah doing this project because i gained this from it personally yeah yeah that's man ben that's such a great question um and it's a the lord did a lot in me like as i was kind of putting this together and specifically in a couple areas one talk about like how grave clothes are often like a sin you can't leave a lie you believe or a hurt that you've received you know so like a lot of times things kind of fall into those categories. And so literally have to go through like, man, what are the, what are the untruths, you know, that I'm believing? What are the lies that, that exist in my life? And one of them for me that I'm constantly dealing with is just the lie that I'll, I'll never measure up, you know, that I'll never be good enough, you know? And as I think back at like, just meant the way that I grew up and like what my home was like and, uh, bring home a B, why wasn't it an A? Like, you know, my parents, thank God for them. They set high standards in my life. But, um, but one of the things that that left me dealing with is this kind of feeling of like, I'll never measure up. And so as I'm, you know, working through this, I'm going like, man, that that's a truth that I need to claim every single day of like, I am enough, you know, and that like that because of what Christ has done in me and for me and like I am am enough. And so being able to recognize some of that, um, you know, I think one of the grave clothes that I've had to deal with personally is just un unforgiveness. Um uh, I've shared this before, but just, you know, some things growing up with my dad that were uh, difficult and hard and, uh, you know, abuse, alcoholism, different things that were in our home. And so uh, naturally, like I, I held on to those things for a long time. And so I think when you start to talk about these things, it's, it's going like, man, has the Lord really allowed me to heal from this? Have I have I put in the work to make sure that I've like. I've extended forgiveness and that I'm, I'm experiencing healing and all of that. And so I think going through some of those things for me of, you know, lies that I believed or hurts that I've received and just different things like that has helped me discover more and more of that freedom and fullness and recognizing like, man, as soon as I get that one thing, you know, like experience, <laughs> some, and then there's going to be something else that the Lord brings up and, and actually how beautiful that process is yeah. that the, that the Lord allows us to work through those things in our lives so that we experience him in fresh new ways. We tend to find more grave clothes that, that keep, yeah, <laughs> they keep yeah, reproducing right. and keep happening. Yeah. Um, man, thanks for the vulnerability and sharing that and just being willing to say, Hey, like this was a process for me too. And that these are things that I'm, that I've walked through. Yep. Uh, I want you to say one more time, the three things just so that people can hear the language the lies you yeah. believe. What were the, what were the other two? 
Yeah, that, that grave closer often a, a lie you believe, right? So where the enemy has infiltrated your thinking and convinced you of something that is contrary to contradictory to the word of God, uh, a hurt we've received, you know, so just the reality of we all have pain in our past and we all have things that we, we need to deal with. And some of those we've inflicted on ourselves. Others have, you know, other cases, people have inflicted pain on us, but they're still healing that's possible in Christ. Um, so lie, we believe hurt, we received, or just like a sin that you can't leave, you know, just the, the constantly kind of returning to the same thing over and over again. And the recognition that like that doesn't have to have power in your life, you know, uh, and that the Lord, there is deliverance, you know, from certain things that we experience that's possible when we truly pursue the Lord. So that's just some of the language that's in there. But I mean, ultimately, here's what gives me real hope that Lazarus is not the only person resurrected in the new Testament, right? Like mm-hmm. what, what Jesus does in Lazarus is not only uh, foreshadowing uh, is not only what, you know, the, the miracle that takes place there, but it's a, a foreshadow of what's to come, you know, that, yeah. that Jesus actually is the resurrection and the life. And I, I love that. Like, Lazarus is raised to life and he comes like hobbling out, you know, bound up, like (laughs) needs to be stripped of. But man, when Jesus is raised to life in the New Testament, he's not bound. Like actually they find the grave clothes like left behind. Yeah. And so we, we haven't been raised in the likeness of Lazarus. Like we've been raised in the likeness of Christ. And so it's this, I think like New Testament picture of like, there's more for, for you and for me. And so, man, what, what God did for what Jesus did for Lazarus, he can do for you and me that we, we too can be called out of the grave and we can walk in fullness and freedom. What a cool picture. That's amazing. Those two things uh-huh. right next to each other. I love it. Yeah. I've never thought about it like that, Ron. I really love that, man. What a, what a strong picture that is. I think that goes into one of our other questions here and you've kind of mentioned it, but I'd really just love to hear, cause I think it also shows your heart and passion behind writing this, but what do you really hope um, students will take away from this as they go through, through this study. Yeah. I mean, so many things, but I, I hope students will hear like, I'm not the only one who struggles. <laughs> I think, I hope there will be some normalization of the things that they're experiencing in their life. At the same time, I hope that they, they will be pointed uh, to the fact that they don't, they don't have to remain there. I, I hope that they, I hope that students will meet meet Jesus, you know, like uh, I hope that they'll experience his resurrection and life. Like we're not going to breeze past that, you know, truth in the Lazarus story. You can't just skip to trying to take off the grave clothes, which this is totally like a tangent, but like a lot of ministry, if we're honest, sometimes is based around like helping kids take off the grave clothes, you know, like the behavior modification, yeah. mm-hmm. change this, do this, like, and in reality, like apart from the move of God and the resurrection of Jesus in their life, like you can't start with the grave clothes, right? Like you gotta, yep. you gotta start with, I was once dead, but I am now alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope students will meet Jesus. But but I hope students will recognize that that in meeting Jesus, that is like the starting line, not the finish line. And that there is that God has more for them than than just getting into heaven. Uh, But there's a different way of living that's possible. Man, I'm excited for people to hold the book, to go through it. Uh, (laughs) I'm excited for you to hear stories of. 
of life change and the very things that you mentioned that begin mm-hmm. to happen. Um, uh, man, I'm really, as a friend, I'm super excited for January 3rd and for man, this message sense. that God's put in your heart to get out there. It's, it's going to be great. Man, praise God. Thank you for that. It means a lot, man. It is, again, called Unbound, Experiencing Life and Freedom in Christ. It releases on January the 3rd. You can pre-order now at LifeWay.com and other places. So make sure you go check that out. Ryan, as always, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, we love you, man. And it's yeah, it's great to celebrate this this moment with you. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. God is good. All right. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We'll see you next time.